It is four past nine here on SENZ Breakfast with Mitch and Ricardo. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. We've been bringing you here on SENZ live commentary of the Pakistan-New Zealand Test Series. Uh, the second test is out of Karachi, of course. We're into day three of that. We've had completed day three of that. And uh, the man who who is the Richie Benno of the SCNZ commentary team, the man that is the captain of the commentary team, uh, looking resplendent in his bone suit today, is Daniel McCarty. Uh, morning, Snake. How are you? Hey, Rick Dog. Great to chat to you, mate. I rule with an iron fist. There's no <laughs> benevolent dictator anymore. Is it the bone, the off-white, or the, uh, the beige today? <laughs> oh, I can't fit into any of my suits anymore after Christmas, so... Um, just, just rocking some quality ringers western gear. Geez, you guys look sharp. I think that's why Kez played that intro. I could just see you guys rocking into the studio uh, in that attire and just bopping along. How is the team going? Everyone's in good spirits? Yeah, everyone is in good spirits, mate. At, 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 at times, Mitch, um, yesterday was a bit of a grind. It was a bit of a, a strange old test day, I thought. Um, the, the first session, what, 27 overs, New Zealand sort of laboured through their, their overs, only 70 runs added um, by Pakistan for the loss of one. As Imam made 83 before he got out in you know, reasonably unlucky circumstances, the, the thinnest of edges. Second session was a joy to watch. I thought Safra's playing an absolute blinder and sort of dragged Saud Shaquille along with them. And New Zealand's bowlers were all at sea, the plans too. Pakistan... Because it's such a difficult place to pry out wickets, there was not much in, on offer for the for the bowlers. You feel like you've tried everything, and your spirits can, uh, I find, wane quite quickly. And in that middle session, Pakistan had New Zealand almost on their knees at, at times, uh, with 113 runs scored, going at over four runs and over. I don't know why that's going off, fellas, so let me just... Uh, there we go. That's very interesting. <laughs> so, the yeah, we got Batman you. hotline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Bruce Wayne after all. <laughs> uh, and it's he. I, I was expecting Pakistan to push on. They, they lost Safra's guys in, in bizarre circumstances. Mm. He was out dance, but I, I'm not sure if there's sprigs still on the ground or not. I, I didn't see much as a way of conclusive evidence. It's utterly delighted for New Zealand. They needed a bit of a break, and, and with Safra's going. Uh, the game sort of flipped on its head. Um, but in the last session, Mitch, you're the cricketer. Can you explain to me what Pakistan were doing? I, I, I just could not I could not figure out their plan. Saud Shaquille just keep leaving the ball outside of off stump. New Zealand kept bowling wider of off stump to him. It was a game of chess. He didn't look to counter-attack. And he was on 100 at T. He played really well prior to that. But only 70 runs in that final session at a tick over two, and that was thanks to some lusty hitting by the tail enders in the last mm. half an hour. Um, so I, I wasn't sure what Pakistan's plan was Can I, uh, in that final session. It was it was a, a bit of an odd period of play. Yeah, I'll be completely honest. Um, having played over there and, and met most of these guys, and in terms of the way the merry-go-round of their selection uh, cycle goes. Oh, I just believe he's playing for himself and trying to get a nod out so his average is, is high, so he can't be dropped, basically. That's that's what I saw um, through that little period, just hoping the tail falls away and he's there not out on 124 or, or whatever it's going to be at the end of it, bumping his average. So a very selfish cricketer, in my view, really. That's how it looked. It looked so strange. Um, 
And as I say, thanks to Safraz, who's back in the side and has played three gems of innings in this uh, match with, with great intensity, uh, attacking the bowlers. Every time, for example, AJ's Patel came back into the attack, they went after him, um, wanted to put him off his game. Mm. Um, a spinner, uh, the other spinners were coming to the attack. Safraz would go after them. Uh, and he'd set up Pakistan so well there, and after his departure... It was very, very odd. Solomon uh, came in. He did all right. He was scoring at about a, a run every second ball. But Sal Shaquille, um, I, I think at one stage after reaching his 100, had about six runs off the next 70 balls he, he faced. Mm. Um, and that final session it was very odd. Although for anyone who can get their hands on the highlights, the last half an hour is just pure comedy. It's um, g- quite hilarious. Uh, some of the, the, the hitting and and shot options from uh, the tail-enders. Uh, and Sodi had, had a moment where he bowled a couple of the best balls. Uh, he's probably bowled in test cricket with a couple of, uh, couple of the worst. Um, one um, uh, got stuck in the hand, landed about a third the way down the pitch and <laughs> went down leg side, and then he followed it up with a, a, a head-high uh, beamer, uh, adding some late <laughs> sort of humour after a bit of a, a, bit of a struggle as far as uh, some slow cricket. But uh, then a couple of the balls he bowled to the tail enders, um, missing it by six or seven inches. It was comedy stuff. So the test is quite interestingly poised, fellas. We're into a bit of a two-day shootout again. We we got plenty of drama in the first test, but I hope we get something similar. I, I hate for this to sort of really dwindle into a bit of a ball draw, but it could happen on that surface. It's pretty tired and hard work for the bowlers to get anything from. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What What are you hopeful for here? I think uh, I think we're a little bit slow in setting a target last time round. Are you hoping that they've yeah. learned from the first test in terms of that? Yeah, absolutely we were. Um, my problem is what's Pakistan's intentions? Uh, you know, how much urgency are we going to see from them um, chasing anything? So New Zealand really do have uh, quite a quandary on that. First things first, they've got to pick up that last wicket. Do that as quickly as possible. Get out there, be very assertive with the bat. Mm. And you, you got that fine balancing act. Um, Mitch, you know those conditions over there. Uh, 60 overs is going to be difficult to bowl a side out, let alone, you know, the bizarreness of the first test of Pakistan giving themselves, what, 10 overs to bowl a team out or whatever it was. Uh, so it's a tricky one for the New Zealand leadership group, but there's no reason why, why they can... You know, can't score quickly uh, on day four. The, the surface is still pretty good. There's more pace and bounce than the first test. The, the turn is of a manageable level. So uh, hopefully New Zealand can, can play a bit like Pakistan did in the middle session mm. on uh, day number three. Daniel, I've uh, been looking at this test match and trying to figure out where the crowd is because uh, about a, you know, it's a year ago when New Zealand pulled out of the tour, um, all the Pakistan fans on, on social media were blowing up about how they don't get to watch any cricket because New Zealand are so selfish, etc. Uh, we're there now. It's a free test match. Where are they all? It's the third strike test match in Karachi, which is quite odd now, isn't it? Um, they played England just prior to Christmas, and now two tests at the same venue. This one was supposed to be in Multan, uh, but was moved due to what they were fearing was going to be uh, poor fog and conditions. Fellas, there clearly is a massive disconnect between Pakistan cricket fans and their cricket team at the moment as far as wanting to go to the venues. Uh, 
the crowds have been so disappointed. It's a city of close to 15 million people, mm. and they are struggling. I, I drove past the Basin Reserve today. There were 10 times as many people at the Basin watching Super Smash Cricket yesterday than, than what we've seen in any day in Karachi. And this is not just the New Zealand test. No one turned up to watch England. Uh, and England were playing such attacking, exciting, invigorating cricket during that series. Uh, maybe the Pakistan fans um, uh, are giving a, a bit of a two-finger salute to, uh, uh, to Pakistan cricket for the mess that's going on off the field. Uh, maybe they're the sending a message, but I'm just not plugged in enough, fellas. Uh, but it's got to be hugely disappointing mm. to Pakistan um, authorities that in a city that big with with a fan base that is passionate. Yep. You, you look at them when they were look at Pakistan cricket fans when they go to games. They provide so much energy, enjoyment, passion. But if you can't lull them to the ground at all, obviously something is broken very, very badly. I was going to ask you about this as well. It just came into my into my mind, particularly with this series, as the World Test Championship was brought in to to put more emphasis on series like this uh, because points are always up for grabs. It almost feels like with two teams at the top or three teams, South Africa, Australia and India, really running away with um, the World Test Championship points and, and going into that final, that these games are, almost have less points to them. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, I'm not sure how uh, in a bilateral series um, this would mean any more, though. Mm. To be fair, it's probably of a level that, that it was. It, it's, it's the fact New Zealand and Pakistan are so far out of the running. Now, if they were two or three on the latter, these are big what There's going to be far more international um, eyes on this one. But th- this is, a, you know, it's a rele- there's no relegation, but we are looking at teams, you know, who, who are fighting for two of the, the bottom three places. So uh, Australian cricket fans, for example, Indian cricket fans, for example, would have kept a far greater eye on this series if these two teams were, were certainly in the mix. Uh, Australia's cleared out. They're going to make the final. It's, it's a question of um, can uh, India or the other contenders, you know, do, you know, battle about themselves uh, to sneak into that final against Australia. Um, but it's just timing, isn't it? Uh, and luck of the draw, you know, this is number seven and eight out of mm. nine teams. Um, so uh, it does that give that give that impression probably to the world there's a bit of relevance but not a whole heap as far as who's going to make it to the final. What have you made so far of Tim Southey's captaincy versus what we were seeing from Kane? Uh, oh, there were positive signs during that first test, um, I, I thought, um, and at times pretty good. In this one, I, I, I did have... I, I really lost... I've lost some here. I was pulling it out in that middle session. I, I thought New Zealand went searching. I, I wasn't really sure. Oh, here we go. It's the bat phone again. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon is obviously desperate to get hold of you. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, make him wait. It's only Gotham. Um, uh, we, we, we were the captaincy. He, he's, he's learning. He was off the park a little bit yesterday, which is one of those quirks of, that you'll know there's about the fast bowlers. So... Um, the, the people who are in the camp of a fast bowler can never captain the test side, probably were sharpening their knives uh, when, when they saw him leave the field for a period. I, I, I'm less concerned about that. I'm certainly willing to give it a, a bit of a go for what will be a medium-term 
uh, uh, time length that due to simply Tim Saudi's age, he's not going to be around forever and a day. And I, I like the fact Tom Latham got back to doing what we really need him to do, which is scoring mm. his runs. He, he's averaged th- averaging 31 as, as a captain. So I, I think there has been positives to the sh- uh, shift, a, a slightly different view, but everyone's got to have their moments. Um, it's hard to judge anyone on one series um, or one session. Uh, it would be wrong of me to focus in when New Zealand lost their way so dreadfully in that middle session uh, overnight. So uh, give it a little bit of time, I would say, in, in different conditions. He's not going to come back to New Zealand and, and play three spinners against England now, is he? So uh, um, he'll have a different group of players to work with. So... Uh, time will tell if this is uh, going to prove to be a winning decision for New Zealand. The mm-hmm. question is whether he'll play one spinner, let alone three, in New Zealand conditions. We've seen that before. Who, um, that Who would be that spinner now, fellas? I'm going to put a question on you. Um, Michael Bracewell technically was the uh, incumbent spinner heading into the series, having played in the last test against England and Leeds at, at batting at number eight. So if we're to eye um, a series in, in, against England back here, um, who plays at Bay Oval, fellas? Who is the number one spinner in your mind? Well, the number one spinner is AJ's Patel. So if you're going to play one spinner, you play AJ's Patel. But I, 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 can't, I can't guess what, what they're going to do. I, they, every time I think there's a common sense decision to be made, it doesn't get made, like AJ's coming back from India. So. Well, I, I think there's enough history that you can look back on and, and pretty, I think, categorically say that Michael Bracewell will be that spinner because if they're going to play a spinner in New Zealand conditions, they'll want a, a, somebody who can probably play at seven and be a, the, the, a spinning all-rounder rather than an out-and-out spinner. So I think that spinning all-rounder is Ratchan Ravindra. Well, it should be. In New Zealand. So that's who, that's who I would pick if you're going down that road, uh, if that answers your question, Daniel. Gee, that was a good question, fellas, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, I'll tell you what, you're what, wasted what, on what commentary. Have, what about Isodi and his batting? Has he put himself into the Bob each way cricketer? Do you want us to replay what you said? They love picking a Bob each way spinner in New Zealand, Do don't you, they? Someone who yeah. can bowl a bit and bat a bit. I'm with you, Mitch. I'd love to see someone invest some time in Ajaz Patel, 49 overs in test cricket at home, never taken a wicket at home. Is Sodi's ball quite well in the series, though, so Daniel. maybe as, an, as a shootout, as a straight spinner, that, that, that's up for debate, but um, I'm with you. They've got to play a spinner at Bay Oval. They, yeah, they, they definitely do, and I think it is someone like Ajaz Patel, if I'm going to be completely honest, uh, each Sodi's out of running after what you just said five minutes ago, describing that over late in the day. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, but, but but look at his wicket taking balls in the same over. Yeah, that's that, fair. That, that's the thing. Like, you, it, it was comedy. It was hilarious. But um, you actually look at what he's done in the series. He's out bowled Ajaz Patel, mm-hmm. um, and he's they, bowled a couple of beauties um, at, in there as well. <laughs> and that's a function, Mitch. Obviously, playing a lot of white ball cricket and, and not bowling a whole heap of overs. Um, Red ball cricket for the spinners uh, is so different. They just need to bowl and bowl and bowl. But in today's day and age, the landscape, it's very difficult uh, for them uh, to get those overs under their belt. So I I think it'll be fascinating to see where New Zealand go when they come back here to New Zealand Uh to take on England at Bay Oval at a surface that they have to play a spinner at. Um, before you join Robin in the back cave, Daniel, um, just uh, finally, I know that Jeremy Coney, the man is, is part of your commentary team here on SCNZ. Uh, when 
that partnership between Ajaz and Matt Henry was going on, how many references to he and you and Chatfield back in 85 were they in the commentary? Uh, zero, although there was one uh, reference to uh, that particular game, Carisbrook, uh, now wasn't it, um, where, where they talked in beautiful terms, uh, Garth Galloway and Jeremy Coney, our, our two historians, uh, when they talk about the passing of Frank Cameron, who passed away a couple of days ago, age 90, Frank, a, a fine player and long-time selector too. I think Frank was involved in some way of 19 of our first 21 Test match victories. So Vale, Frank Cameron, and, uh, you know, love and sympathies to his family and friends. But, of course, I've got to mention, of course, I've got to mention uh, Rick Dog. Got to, sl- got to slide it in there somehow. Got to, mate. Got to. Hey, Daniel, thanks very much for, for coming on, mate. We'll let you get to your day job. Uh, and uh, enjoy uh, calling uh, day four tonight, eh? Yeah, my pleasure, fellas, and sorry, Gotham, I'll get there soon. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel McCarty, part of the SCNZ commentary crew, uh, the captain of the SCNZ commentary crew. Indeed, you can tune in from 6 o'clock tonight on SCNZ for continued coverage of that test match. It is 9.21.